Good day, and welcome to The Buzz, a bank automation news podcast. I'm Associate Editor Elijah Poindexter. Recently, I spoke with Boyce Adams, Senior Vice President at Payments Fintech Avid Exchange. I spoke to Boyce about how banks, both large and small, are innovating their tech investments, along with how FedNow will change the payments landscape for financial institutions as a whole. Uh, I think a good way to kind of frame this discussion to get started off here is, you know, for 2022, a lot of people had a lot of predictions. I'm curious to know when it comes to the payment space, especially the automated and uh, a digital payment space, I'm curious to know uh, which predictions you had that have come true and then which are still sort of waiting for their moment, if there are any you could speak to. Yeah, and I, and I know like in the last couple of years or even last year, as we kind of all thought about what the innovations would be and, and frankly what the world would look like, I think we all had no clue that we'd probably be uh, I mean, potentially on the, the the trailing end of 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 the COVID pandemic, potentially with you know a global uh, uh, a war in Europe and and a lot of instability across the the energy market. So I don't think we we all would have predicted where we are today. But if you really look at the ecosystem of uh, uh, fintech and and banking and uh, uh, finance in the U.S. I think, you know, we've all talked, we've, we've been hearing a lot about, uh, you know, digitization of uh, payments, uh, different payment rails, blockchain uh, kind of integrations. And so if I had to really, um, I think we're seeing progress on all of those fronts, but I think when we really look at what I see is, is happening and kind of coming, uh, probably accelerating faster is, is kind of the, the evolution to uh, cloud banking and APIs, um, and really, really more for um, you know APIs are the the limiter of, of of kind of an API type of integration is the systems that you're trying to integrate. So we've seen a lot of uh, uh, integrators out there that are tying together just disparate systems within the banking sector. Uh, a lot of the, the the core banking platforms are continuing to invest in better ways to to integrate and for fintechs to integrate and, and, and live better in a banking ecosystem, which obviously will directly impact the, the customer and the consumer and provide them better products and services. So I think we still have a long way to go on, on uh, securely integrating uh, a lot of um, fintechs and, and, and banking systems. But if, if there's been one thing that I've seen kind of the acceleration on is, you know, uh, kind of that banks being very uh, open and and aggressive towards, you know, leveraging cloud and SaaS based infrastructure, which which probably wasn't as prevalent in the past and uh, continuing to accelerate, you know, integrations of systems. I think we even saw it, you know, in the last uh, two days with uh, President Biden signed an executive order on cryptocurrency and looking at the digital dollar and you know, so I think we're still a ways away from, I think, anything more um, formalized or uh, widespread use, so to speak. But, um, you know, uh, but we're continuing to see the march towards, uh, you know, digitization of, of, of transactions and, you know, consumer behavior. So, uh, you know, when you look at the extremely long list that is always growing of, uh, you know, payment tech and payment innovations in the space, uh, are there any that you can like maybe predict or that you see becoming as commonplace as just, you know, mobile banking or digital deposits or an automated, you know, lending solution? What's like a, what is a technology 
uh, in the payment space that you that either you've worked with or that you've seen in the space that you can see not just a, a niche use case and not just a you know either a consumer or business use case but something that will kind of cohesively uh impact everybody in the digital uh banking and, and financial space yeah i mean i i think um i mean I, with consumer and, and business, they're they're two different sectors, obviously. But like, I think a broad um, a broad connection that that I've seen and that we see from from uh, Avid Exchange perspective is, you know, the the payment tech I think is one thing because like we want to provide the the end uh, use consumer of a payment the option to choose how they want to get it right. And there's plenty of use cases on. Uh, why somebody would want to receive a, uh, a an ACH or real time payment or something like that? There's certain use cases for you know a, a virtual credit card or I mean even there's certain use cases even today as hard as it is to believe for for checks right and and so uh, but I think the the connection points to um, how those people or businesses receive the payment that that's really not the the hard part the hard part is how do they reconcile that to their system so for a business how do you go post that transaction into your your ERP or accounting system uh, in in cases where you might have you know multiple different you know if you're just a, a subcontractor example uh, someone working for an individual you know like managing your business and getting paid and, and getting out uh, invoices and those sort of things it's a very hard thing to do so i think where we've really seen that evolution the pain is you know the payment makes things really easy and and convenient and we need to continue to invest in better ways to do that but like the, the pain is in the actual transaction and in actual uh you know call it invoicing or payment presentment um so I think we're going to see a lot more, uh, uh, certainly energies that, that we put in on how to make that a smoother process, but also, you know, more broadly, like, and that goes back to the integration of systems, right? Like if my payment system's not integrated to my accounting system, then I'm not really getting a benefit from that, right? So like, how do we kind of keep tying that ecosystem tighter together? So a lot of you know the, the the major payment you know technology innovations, a lot of it is coming from demand, be it a consumer demand or commercial demand um, or just an ecosystem and environmental demand. But a question I've heard raised uh, a few times, especially recently, is specifically for the financial institution or the bank or the credit you know the forward-thinking credit union, when they're looking to implement new payment technologies and services, is there any way for them to create, from your perspective, this is kind of just like a you know is there any way for them to create a new revenue stream or is this sort of just a response to consumer demand that's sort of robbing Peter to pay Paul that might not be the best sort of idiom to use but you know what I mean where yeah you, you know there's not actually any new profit being generated but you are streamlining you know the process internally uh, and externally so I'm curious to know if you have any uh, insights there well, I, I know financial institutions like to do two things, and one is to better serve their customer, and two is to generate non-interest income, <laughs> which is even more important in the in the rate environment that we're in. So, um, but but I think generally, like um, uh, you know, right, it just depends on the type of payment flow. But I think the the the, the financial institutions are are going to be really focused on what hearing what their customers uh, want and need. 
how can they present that in an integrated fashion like right like single sign on to their banking platform uh, i know you know there's been a lot of development in kind of in-app type of things um, but but in reality you know you start to go kind of more up market into the treasury management type of products um, you know i think it remains to be seen right like i mean we know how banks make money from from wires there's a fee associated with it and and you get a you know you get a um, the customer gets a benefit, but there's only a limited use case. So how they can leverage, you know, uh, in what real time payments or, you know, other type of uh, payment flows, how they can kind of monetize that, um, whether it's through the actual transaction or some of the other value added services. I think that's really where they're going to be spending a lot of energy is how do they, you know, wrap around other value added services that they might be able to charge for um around you know new types of ways to to pay bills and and do transactions so um i think it remains to be seen but i i don't know if a you know uh you know two years from now we're into real-time payments that that they're going to be able to charge 25 dollars for that like you might be able to today for a wire you know so so on that real-time note, that's a good segue, obviously, into this next question, which is a big question. You know, uh, when FedNow, obviously FedNow is in, it's, it's in a pilot, um, but when FedNow fully rolls out in 2023, uh, I, we've heard a lot of talk about, okay, what technologies will this will this facilitate? We've, you know, we've, we've had a lot of discussion on that side, but I'm curious from your perspective, just what will be the positives and negatives of the full rollout? You know, what should banks and financial institutions uh, what should they be aware of uh, if, you know, because FedNow is coming and it is coming uh, quicker than I think a lot of people uh, are really uh, kind of forecasting? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, financial institutions are really going to have to uh, understand um, kind of what's the population of transactions that this is going to be a use case for, right? And, you know, not, you know, real-time payments is great, but the most important part about a transaction in, in my opinion is um, is you know the quality the security of that transaction of course and like what kind of data is that transaction sending across so we you know I kind of talked a little earlier about you know um, remittance details if it's a business payment is you know reconciling that transaction you know what kind of line item detail is in that if you know as an example like if I get if I get a hundred real-time payments a month to my business account and there's no way to, to distinguish between similar amounts and which is being applied to this account. So I think there's some real questions on on like the use case. And I think the financial institutions are really going to have to um, kind of do some analysis to figure that out. But but there's no question. I mean, it's a positive development for for the industry. I mean, I think it goes back to uh, as well as I, I don't know if I mean we, we've seen other types of real-time products I mean you know of course you know I mean I, you know I use Zelle personally sometimes I mean it's a great product but it doesn't work for everybody and not every bank's using it and so um, you know but for businesses in particular like you know and, and even the banks that that we work with that use you know our applications directly like that they want to send a secure payment and send a lot of data with that payment. The, the fact that it's real time or may take one, two, three days to clear, you know, then you start into like working capital. What are my payment terms? You know, do I real? I don't really, you know, there's an, the vendor would like to get paid in one day, but 
they're used to 10, so maybe three is okay. So I think there's going to be a lot of uh, that, particularly on the, the business payment side. Um, but no question, I think it's going to make, um, you know, faster payments, uh, quicker, more accessible, and it's going to be a good thing. But is it going to replace and, and kind of cannibalize every other payment type? I, I'm not quite certain that that's going to be the case, but I think we've got uh, a little bit to see how that goes. And then, you know, you kind of put into put on top of that the the, the the digital dollar and 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 some of the crypto and and blockchain and so I think there's by the assuming it, it rolls out in next year um, I think there's going to be a lot of competition in the next couple of years uh, to how we how we all send and receive payments. So when you take a look at the uh, uh, you know like the majority of financial institutions and and maybe we can exclude the big banks because the big banks again they just have so much uh they have so much in the way of of in, investment capital and so much in the way of manpower and and uh that that it's not really applicable they can kind of do what they want to do and become the leaders but when it comes to the majority of you know financial institutions and banks which are community banks regional banks super regional banks uh where do you see them mostly like when they're innovating their payment sort of a stack where do you see them innovating on and then is there a difference between what a lot of them are innovating on and what you from your perspective what you think they should be innovating on if that makes sense yeah no i mean i think we've seen um i mean particularly just your your community or regional bank right is going to be more investing into different type of fintech applications that help power their their solution set uh, and there's really good reason for that because at the end of the day, the core business is still writing loans, managing people's money, moving money. And so I think uh, even in 2022 and, and when I started in this business, you know, 20 years ago, it, banking is still such a relationship based business, particularly at the community bank. And it is so foundational to the way uh that that they operate and they need to operate and they need to serve their communities and you know we saw that in the last two years with uh you know a lot of the covid relief uh ppp money you know that was being administered by community banks and so you know the first call that a business or person's probably going to be making you know in in a area of uncertainty is you know you're going to partner with your local bank so having that relationship is super critical so i i think like you know we're seeing um you know community banks invest in you know different types of payment solutions solutions like ours that help businesses you know pay their bills uh handle their kind of invoice management things like that but I think they're going to be in continuing to invest in better ways to serve their customers, right? Like, you know, I think we've all heard for many years and I, I've seen different data to support and, and, and not support it, you know, that branches are going away and all this kind of stuff. Well, you know, I think what I see is like, you know, community banks are continuing to invest in branch branches, um, not only because it's a, it's a billboard on the side of the community, but it's also a place for, you know, people to congregate and, and build the relationship. And so the branches looks totally different, but you're, you're starting to see, you know, a whole different approach to that. But um, for the most part, I think they're investing in, in tools that, you know, uh, help service their customers, 
you know, 24 hours a day and, and provide that better level of service and, and that better level of uh, kind of choice, right? You've been listening to The Buzz, a bank automation news podcast. Thank you for your time and be sure to visit us at bankautomationnews.com for more automation news. You can also follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Please don't hesitate to rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Thank you.